Hello there, and welcome to episode three of Bleachers and Boxes, a baseball podcast hosted by old friends who happen to be fans of the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. Here on Bleachers and Boxes, we're a little bit Astros, we're a little bit Yankees, but we're all baseball. My co-host with me today is Eric Ando, a Yankees fan, and I'm Storm Bird. I'm an attorney, an Astros fan, and when I was seven years old, I went to the 1998 World Series in San Diego, where a drunken Padres fan threatened to throw me over the railing of the club level of Qualcomm Stadium. Play the drop! Eric, how you doing today, buddy? I'm good, Storm. How are you? I also, I have to give you credit there with that hello there. As a big Star Wars fan, always think of Meadow be one right there. Um, yeah, I got. But no, you, you got to tell me, how old were you when this drunk fan threatened to throw you over the concourse? Yeah, so uh, seven years old, as I said, uh, 1998. This is October, so I just turned seven, I think. Um, and basically, I think it was game, it was either game three or four. Obviously, that was a sweep. Um, yeah. I, I want to say it was game four, and you know everybody saw the writing on the wall. And I was cheering for the Yankees, but I was sitting by myself. Um, my family was like a row in front of me. We had to buy kind of staggered tickets, and I was by myself a row behind them. So my dad, two, two or three of my brothers, and, and a family friend were sitting um, in front of us. And I'm like cheering for the Yankees because uh, they're, they're beating the Padres, whatever. And I, all my family's Yankee fans. So uh, this guy behind me is just like, you know, loses it, just hammered off, you know, hammered off his ass. And he threatens to throw me over the rail. And I think he just thought I was alone. Like he, you know, he was like, if you don't sit down, I'm going to toss you over that railing. And so, you know, as expected, my dad, all my brothers stand up and turn around. And um, the best part, uh, the best part of the story, my dad, especially in his uh, later years, uh, he was willing to scrap. And so security came over and was like basically telling my dad, like, we're going to throw you both out of here. We're going to throw you and this guy out of the stadium. And my dad, ever the fighter, was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, just make sure we go out the same exit because I'm going to kick his ass in the parking lot. As a result of that, security says, we're not going to throw you both out. We're just going to throw him out because they're, you're just going to end up fighting in the parking lot and it's a liability. So they sent that guy out. Uh, my dad stayed, watched the rest of the game. But yeah, I'll just never, I'll never forget my dad telling him, like, I don't care. That is amazing. I mean, talk about really just standing up for for not only your son, but your family, and also being 100% honest with security. Because you usually just, especially these days, you just see people just go absolutely ballistic and get and both get tossed. Um, yeah. So good for your dad for being honest about it. And then also good for the Padre security yeah. at, uh, at, at, at good old Qualcomm. Um, you have been to the new Petco Park as well. It's not really new anymore, but uh, do you, you enjoy that stadium over Qualcomm? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's a top three stadium for me, if not my favorite, uh, the gas lamp district's fantastic. Uh, stone, uh, brewing has a tap room just outside, like the left center gate. Um, beautiful views of downtown. Um, really not a bad seat. And also I think they have the, they have the best beer selection in my opinion, in major league baseball, they get a lot of outside vendors in there. Um, and a lot of good outside food too. So I think it's a, a, a five-star park. And, and, you know, real quick, circling back, I do want to give Padre fans their due. After that guy got thrown out, uh, there was like three or four other Padre fans in the section. They felt really bad. Um, so they basically went and just bought like every souvenir they could and brought it back and gave it to me. <laughs> oh, but, well, hey, you know what? I mean, they get great weather every day of the year. So they should be in a good mood and a lot of credit to them. Um, that's great to hear. 
Yeah. Uh, so let's transition into our first topic. Let's do uh, the weekend review for the Yanks and the Astros. Let's start it off for you. Uh, a little bit of a tough, uh, tough sledding coming out of the break. A real rough West Coast trip for the Yanks, eh? So I think that was really a, uh, a, a tough start to the second half for the Yanks. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. All-Star break uh, usually ends on the Thursday after the game. They have the Wednesday off. That's the big, uh, the big day where there's no North American sports going on. Uh, and then it starts up on Thursday. This year, it actually started up on Friday. Yeah, Wednesday's usually SB day, as I call it. Um, and then I think I want to say at some point in the very recent past, they started extending the break and giving them the Thursday, or there'd be like a very you know smattering, small smattering of games on on Thursdays. But I think more and more in the last couple of years, it's it's gone to full Friday now. Right. But anyway, I digress. Um, Yanks started in Colorado, uh, a series that many many Yankee fans and I'm assuming many fans across the country expected them to win. Um, Yanks really did not have a, uh, a good showing there, lost two of three. Uh, the series ended on a very sour note where the Yanks had, uh, it's the first time in their team's history where they've had, they've blown two, two run leads, uh, including one after the eighth inning and lost the game. Um, we found that from Katie Sharp on Twitter, uh, for all Yankee fans or all baseball fans for that matter. Uh, she shares some amazing, uh, facts on Twitter. Um, but, uh, Yanks really, uh, did not perform well there, um, and also faced pitchers, uh, all of which had ERAs over four and a half. Uh, so that was not great. Uh, it's my kind of baseball to... team. That's my kind of baseball oh, team. Yeah. That's big Astros energy right there. Performed it's... terribly against terrible pitching. It, yeah. Well, it, naturally. And, and, and also in Colorado, yep. um, where you'd expect your team to hit a ton of home runs and they just don't show up offensively. Uh, unfortunately, Carlos Rodon got roughed up there. Um, although he did get roughed up more in Anaheim where the Yankees then, uh, got swept. Uh, they also had, uh, the wonderful experience according to Brian Hoke, uh, who covers the Yankees for the MLB network. Uh, they struck out 42 times over a three game set against the angels. Um, the beginning of the Sean Casey era, not going great, uh, even though it started off great in that first uh, first inning. It started off with a, uh, a Glaber hit and a uh, Gene Carlos Stanton two-run bomb. Uh, overall, uh, not not doing a great job to start with a uh, a one-and-five road trip there. Yeah, we, we, we talked about this in the last podcast, bringing Casey on and, and the obvious risks downside. Um, as as any of your Twitter followers, followers will know, you were... You were getting tired of the negativity before he'd even taken the job, but uh, maybe maybe you're going to start uh, sipping that Kool Aid a little bit. I, I looked this up since Casey was hired, so basically the, the how they've hit over the the second half of the season to date. Uh, yeah. Since Casey's hiring, Yankees slashing two ten, two ninety eight, three seventeen. That's a six fifteen OPS, sixty two strikeouts in six games. So they're averaging double digit strikeouts. Uh, and I, the I runs believe per that's game. the definition of very bad. That's just yeah. the definition of trash. And uh, I think they have like six home runs in six games. So they're really leaning into the three true outcomes right now. Uh, three, but, but one of them more so than the other. Uh, 3.67 runs per game, which is actually a lower runs per game average than their previous, you know, their, their first half, which they averaged a little bit over four, I think in the first half. So, uh, things aren't going well, small sample size. Let's, let's give credit where credit's due, or let's give context where context is due. Uh, but yeah, so not, not doing well. And, and on that note, um, let's talk Josh Donaldson. How, how are things going at the hot corner there for the Yanks? 
It uh, well, it, one, it was not going well. Uh, he had uh, ten home runs with fifteen total hits. Uh, we touched upon it in the last episode. Uh, that is a major league record for uh, percentage of hits being home runs. I uh, won't go too much into that. Uh, but uh, he did uh, come out of the box lame in uh, the final game in Colorado. He left the game immediately. He actually left right from first base before the pinch runner even came out. Um, initially, was put on the ten day IL, ten day IL, excuse me, uh, with a calf strain, um, and uh, he has since been moved to the sixty day IL. Uh, it's a two two plus grade or a three grade uh, calf tear. Uh, this honestly looks like the end of Donaldson's uh, career with the Yankees. Uh, his contract is officially up at the end of the season. Uh, he does have a $6 million buyout. The Yankees could uh, extend that. It was not expected that that was going to happen. Um, it's a very similar deal to uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. All Yankee fans uh, shaking their boots a little bit when they hear that. Overall, uh, not a, a great career with the Yankees. Um, even though he missed a, a fair amount of time, was out from April until June to finish the season. Uh, with a 142 average, 225 OBP, and three, uh, uh, 434 uh, slugging. Last season, also not great. Uh, won't even go into the stats. He was, he was pretty bad. I'll yeah. leave it at that. I can't. I, I honestly can't believe one that he's only been there since last year. It really, actually, feels like he's been there longer. Right? Last year was the first year. If I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was uh, before. It was last off season that they did the yeah, Sanchez yeah. and, and uh, uh, they got Gio Urshela deal. And uh, they got Rortved, and then he still really hasn't even played because Trevino's emergence um, from Texas. So, uh, and and I, I I did look at your your notes on his stats. I can't believe he slugged three seventy four last year. That's bonkers. That's so. That's a, I mean, talk, he, he's brought in to be an extra base hitter to slug right. He's not there for probably not there for on base. Probably not there for average. He's there to hit extra base hits and bring the guys around. Um, yeah, that's uh, not, not that I thought he was a stud last year, but I how so. Donaldson, you know, out with the calf tear. Uh, you said they moved him to the 60. Uh, who's who's coming up taking his spot then? Former top prospect uh, Oswald Peraza was brought up. Um, he has been up earlier this season uh, when Donaldson was hurt. Fans have been calling for him for a while. Uh, he and Anthony Volpe were effectively the one and two uh, in terms of uh, competition at shortstop in spring training with Volpe winning that job, and rightfully so. Peraza uh, has has had a very good season at AAA uh, so far. He was tearing it up in May, um, came down to earth uh, sort of near the end of June. Um, but overall, uh, at AAA, 261 with a 352 OBP and 847 OPS, 12 home runs, 28 ribbies. Uh, he is considered a better defensive shortstop than, than Volpe. Um, but the Yankees, uh, as they did with Labor Torres uh, in the minors, moved him around to second and third as well. In his first start, he had a single and four walks and saw 37 pitches, um, which I was actually pretty impressed with. Um, it's yeah, something the Yankees have not, they, they haven't been doing a good job of uh, seeing pitches. You constantly see them down one, two on three pitches. Um, so overall, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to an extended look at Oswald Peraza. He hasn't had the opportunity to play consistently. And it was a, it was a complaint last year when he was brought up as a, a September call-up. Um, he just, for whatever reason, the Yankees didn't feel the need to play him consistently. And then he ended up starting two games and in, in what ended up being a, uh, a, a pretty one-sided LCS last year against Houston. Um, and they brought him in for defensive purposes. So I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, he does help jumpstart this offense a little bit. Um, obviously didn't do that the rest of Anaheim, uh, but 
uh, we'll, we'll hope to see uh, him, him play consistently against Kansas City and the Mets when the Yankees uh, start up that three-game set against KC tonight. Let's talk pitching now. Everyone uh, other than, than Garrett Cole is, is a little iffy right now. Uh, to touch on Cole's stats, I mean, he is amongst the front runners for AL Cy Young. Uh, started the All-Star game, when he, he went one inning, gave up two very loud outs, uh, but they were still outs. Um, he's nine and two with a two seventy eight ERA, one hundred and thirty four strikeouts, uh, WHIP of a little over one one point zero eight. Uh, leads the AL in WAR for pitchers at, at four flat. Uh, Nasty Navy Valdi second there with three point five, and and Fromber uh, over by you is uh, three point two and third. Elsewhere, Luis Severino had a good second, uh, had a good start to the second half. He gave up one run against Anaheim uh, after his his last two starts in the second half or in the first half. Excuse me, he gave up nineteen combined runs. One of those starts I was at. I'm hoping he can build off of uh, off his success in his first start uh, to the second half. I just want to jump in really quick. Is this the year Garrett Cole finally gets his Cy Young? If he stays at this pace, I think so. He has been the definition of ace. Uh, and and frankly, there's been a lot of conversations around, is he worth $36 million? He he doesn't get injured. He really worked hard uh, after giving up as many home runs as he did last season to limit the long ball. Um, he's walking a lot less, less uh, batters than he did in, in years past. You know, I, I don't really have to get into the advanced analytics to say that there's there's a number of pitchers who are having nice seasons in the American League. He's having a dominant season. I think that showed with with him getting. I mean, you know, the the, the start to the All Star game is sort of a uh, you know, it's it's very sort of circumstantial. But this year, I think, yeah, he will be named a finalist. We will see. Obviously, Navy Baldy's having a nice season. But other than than uh, you know, maybe. Ivaldi, Framber uh, Valdez for you, uh, and then uh, and then naturally uh, Shohei Otani. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. I think Cole's. I think this is the year he finally gets it. Uh, Verlander's out of the American League. Um, famously, the 2019 AL Cy Young went to Verlander, and Cole arguably could have won it then. But I think he was. I think he lost out on you know being head to head with an established veteran. Not that Cole wasn't already established, but he was head to head with somebody yeah. who was known for dominance. Um, and that's how I feel about Framber Valdez right now. Like Framber is an established vet at this point, having done it for multiple years in Houston. Um, but he's not going to. He's just not going to be able to overcome the the you know again if it's a coin flip Garrett Cole wins that coin flip every time if it's you know if it's even close if if Fromber even gets a little bit ahead of him on some of these numbers I still think it goes to Garrett Cole 60% of the time 70% of the time Fromber has to have an established kind of standout dominant second half in order to overtake him although I think it's Cole's award to lose frankly yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, like, Fromber's having a, a, a very nice season. Yeah, it's that fine. It's said, very good. Cole, he, uh, to your point, Fromber would have to have a completely dominant second half in order to overtake Cole. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you know, there's always been that rumor of, like, the New York bias of, of not voting for players. I think at this point, because of, of his, his record um, and his past record, uh, I think Cole will, as long as he keeps up his pace, will win the, his uh, his first Cy Young. And I think baseball writers have come a long way on the voting for the Cy. We're no longer in the era of you have to be on a good team to win a major award. 
And I think, um, again, I think I don't even think the Yankees need to make the playoffs for Cole to get it. I think he just has to keep doing what no. he's doing right now. And again, he can even do, I think he can even do slightly less than he's doing right now. And he'll, he'll be able to take care of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and for those who, who don't look back at that much at history, uh, I think you and I would both agree that the, the first Cy Young, uh, that really helped decide all of this. Uh, for a losing team, having a, a, a not a great record would be uh, King Felix out yeah, in Seattle. Exactly. Um, what was thinking. that uh, 2011, 2012? Oof, I don't know. You're testing my knowledge now. Yeah, we're going to have to go back and look at that. Um, but he was really the first Cy Young. He, I think he finished with 12 and 13. Yeah, uh, but his ERA a losing was, record, was but yeah. unbelievable. Mariners didn't make the playoffs. Let's talk bullpen. The bullpen uh, Yanks have been... We've touched upon it in, in previous episodes. Yanks have had the best ERA in baseball from from the bullpen. Um, it has gone up as uh, as we've been recording. Um, the Yanks had a 2.78 ERA as of June 11th uh, collectively in their bullpen. Uh, since then, it's climbed to 3.16. Uh, pitchers who have been pitching well have not been, um, namely Michael King. Uh, Ron Marinaccio, Nick Ramirez, all of those guys were being brought into really tight spots. And but I, I do sense that the same thing is happening year after year. The Yanks have been overly reliant on their bullpen arms, uh, and uh, it's it's showing. They're exhausted, and they're also pitching on on thin ice with with the offense scoring at historically low uh, margins. So you, I'll use that as a transition into the trade deadline. Uh, I would love to add a high leverage arm. I know you're going to touch on Michael Lorenzen uh, a little later on uh, as a potential fit for the Astros. At this point, I you know I would rather get the bullpen arms that we have right rather than trade for somebody to add in there, um, unless it's a it's unless it's a name that you know we we don't typically think of as a high leverage guy. Uh, the Yanks are pretty talented at doing that. I mean, I don't think we'll, we'll get on this when we get to the Astros. I, I don't think. Lorenzen is viewed as a high leverage guy. He's been a starter um, out in Detroit. I mean, yeah. maybe in the postseason, you're thinking of him as a multi inning relief guy to bridge you from a short start from a rookie or something. But I think, uh, I think you know, Lorenzen is going to be seen as a starter. I, there's there's definitely high leverage options out there, but I think I tend to agree. I don't think that that's I don't think that's where the Yankees are going to do a lot of you know heavy shopping. Maybe they're going to add some depth. We might see them do kind of one of those sneaky you know Hughes uh, or excuse me uh, Clay Holmes kind of trades. Uh, where they kind of pluck somebody that's you know underperforming and has high potential to turn it around based on their underlying metrics. Exactly. That that's a good transition into into what the Yanks are looking at with the trade deadline. Um, you know, after losing five of six, they're only three and a half games back, uh, starting uh, at at today's date, uh, which is uh, July twenty first. Also, the official first day of uh, the, the films Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, I'm excited. I'm seeing Oppenheimer tonight. Oh, nice. Uh, super pumped. Yeah, I got tickets just before. Not seeing it in IMAX, but still. Plebe. I know. I know. I'm up in the woods right now uh, getting ready for the wedding. So not not near an IMAX theater. But, uh, you know, you keep seeing all these different trade rumors of Otani or Arenado coming to the Yanks. Those are pipe dreams. I don't want to make those deals. I mean, Arenado, maybe if the Cardinals were willing to part with him for and part with him and also pay most of that remaining contract. Uh, I think he has like three years left on his deal, four years left on his deal. You know, I would definitely think about that, but 
um, you know, I would rather give Oswald Peraza a chance at this point and see what we have. If the Yanks uh, win the series or or sweep the Royals, um, they have a two game set after that with the Mets. You know, I would like to see the Yanks be aggressive with someone like Cody Bellinger. We could obviously touch upon this uh, in a little bit, but I, you know, I've seen that you've uh, shown that he might be a not a clubhouse fit with the Astros. Um, so more the reason why Bellinger should come to the Yanks, but he would also be able to to fit in nicely uh, with uh, some of the defensive miscues that we've had in left field. Hopefully Harrison Bader's okay. Uh, he, he did get hit and left. He got hit with a pitch and left the game the other night with a uh, rib contusion, uh, but he should be okay. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, and I would, I would more likely, I would more so say that the Yanks shouldn't, be adding a big arm in the bullpen unless it's an expiring contract. Um, I don't want to give up the prospects that it would take to get a Marcus Stroman or a Dylan Cease. You know, I would much rather uh, get Nestor Cortez back who's starting a rehab assignment soon or get someone like Mike Lorenzen who, you know, I always think of him as a multi-inning guy out of the pen with with Cincinnati. You are correct that he's been starting in Detroit. Um, So I would rather see them, you know, not trade for a big name starter go after Bellinger, give Peraza the chance at third. Um, and then uh, just quickly to touch on injuries, Storm, I think you might see Aaron Judge when you're in the Bronx, uh, when Houston comes to town uh, at, the, at the beginning of August. I hope he's been running and hitting uh, in Colorado and in Anaheim. You know, I, I think at this point, it, he, he has said that he's likely getting surgery uh, after the season. So I think it'll all come down to pain tolerance and, and what, that six seven two eighty frame uh, can uh, you know what that toe can sustain with that frame, but I'm I'm hoping that he's back for that Houston series, or if not, uh, Tampa's in right before the Astros come to town. Um, so maybe he does uh, his he does his rehab uh, before the Yanks are on the road. I believe against Baltimore at the end of July. Uh, Nestor Cortez is uh, he's expected to begin a, re- a rehab stint soon. Uh, hasn't started that yet, but he's been throwing from a mound. Uh, and then uh, you texted the other day, uh, Willie Calhoun, uh, bear up or bear down. Bear bear, up oh, bear. good God. God. <laughs> bear down. Golly, bear up. Oh, man. I'll have, I'll have to have a conversation with you. Yeah, it's going to be a bad one. Uh, Willie Calhoun is doing a rehab stint at AA Somerset. Uh, and Jake Bowers is doing a rehab at AAA Scranton. Uh, and uh, Jake Bowers coming back could help uh, Anthony Rizzo a little bit. He has been awful since uh, there are many assumptions. He says he's healthy, uh, but after that, that uh, mishap with Fernando Tatis, uh, poorly thrown pickoff, Tatis getting back, ran into his, basically the side of Rizzo's head mm-hmm. um, as Rizzo was going for the ball. Uh, he has not homered now in over two months. Uh, his slugging has been horrible i don't even have a stats in front of me he uh, the other day he had a, a fastball down the middle and couldn't get around on it mm. um with the bases loaded uh, with all that with that too um so bowers is a natural first baseman uh would like to see uh, his bat back in the lineup even though he's doesn't have the same caliber uh offensively as anthony rizzo but uh i think any bat right now would be better than rizzo um so with that uh i will turn it over to you how you doing with the strohs 
Um, could be better, but I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad, uh, four and two since the all-star break that includes, um, series against the angels and a quick two gamer against the Rockies. They also played last night and beat the A's angel series could have perhaps should have been a sweep, but again, Astros got to Otani on the mound. Um, I think that blister might, might've been more of an issue than he and, or the angels have let on that I would agree with. Yeah, he's due to start tonight against Pittsburgh, so we'll see. Um, but this is interesting. This season alone, um, Otani has played the Astros uh, three times, so he's three starts, 0-3, a 5-5 ERA, 1.39 whip, uh, 7.36 OPS. So not not great, uh, not great against the Astros. Uh, not what you expect from you know what is considered the prize piece of the deadline if he's going to move uh wild games on saturday and sunday though uh i think both teams blew 98 win probability games uh astros yeah. and, astros on saturday had a 98.4 percent win probability heading into the top of the seventh then on sunday the angels had a 98.1 percent win probability heading into the top of the eighth so um, just crazy Astros blew, uh, nine, three lead in the seventh, 12, nine lead in the ninth, lost on a throwing error, had a little bit of, that was a rough scare. end. I felt, I, I actually felt bad for you on that one. That was really rough. Eh, life goes on, but, um, it's, it, it, and it was a, it was a textbook <laughs> double play Dubon to, um, uh, Kessinger, who's a rookie who was only in the game because Jeremy Pena tweaked his calf, the bottom of the top half of the 10th. Yeah. Brutal, brutal loss. Um, and really Frankly, the only way the Angels could win a game, the bullpen is is just not great in Anaheim. I wrote about this in in my primetime preview that you know I basically said, even if Estevez is coming in, no lead is safe with that bullpen, and it proved to be true. The following night, um, Angels had a seven three lead in the eighth. They brought in Estevez rather than bring him into close. They brought him in the eighth, and I think it was a tryout because I think Estevez is going to be the, the the thing the Angels really do sell for sure at the deadline, and he you know going to have to face the heart of a contending lineup. Gave up a two-run home run uh, at the end of it to, um, uh, I think it was Chaz McCormick, an oppo. Uh, and, you know, it's 7-5. And next thing you know, Bregman's hitting a two-run homer in the ninth off of your lesser bullpen arm, Jaime Berea. So um, could have and should have been a sweep, but, you know, almost only counts in hand grenades and horseshoes. Continuing with the woulda, coulda, shouldas, uh, headed straight into Colorado, started off the first inning with three runs immediately gave it back and lost the game 4-3. Um, they're, they're leaving a ton of guys on base right now. Hunter Brown looks tired, although he, he got it back together and he ended up having an okay start. Um, they managed to win the following day 4-1, to one, but again, you expect you're going to get a little bit more offense than that in Colorado against lesser pitching and at higher elevation. Uh, last night, we talked. We made this joke earlier, uh, they went into Oakland. They faced Hogan Harris, who had a 6.51 ERA, and they got two runs in six innings. Uh, thankfully, they got a great pitching performance from rookie JP France. They still won the game. Um, trade deadline thoughts. You know, as we mentioned, Michael Lorenzen, that's that's the one that really actually makes the most sense to me for Houston based on what I think they're going to be able to give up at the deadline. We've talked about this, not the deepest farm system. They've also been linked and or, you know, quote unquote, checked in on Dylan Cease, Marcus Stroman and Lance Lynn. Um, speaking of guys, I don't know that would fit well in the clubhouse. I don't know that Lance Lynn would be a great fit for the Astros clubhouse. Um, it seems like every time he plays the Astros, 
he's like cussing somebody out off, you know, like as he's walking around the mound. Maybe that's just like his, you know, Liam Hendricks-esque, you know, pump up. I I, I really do think it is. I, I don't know. I just don't get the impression he likes the Astros very much. And um, he's also not very good against the Astros. So that might be part of it. I also think Lance Lynn, to me, just has a, a strange demeanor. Maybe it's just the way that he motivates. Uh, he didn't pitch well for the Yanks. And even when he wasn't pitching well, he was constantly pissed at the other team. And so I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, wish him all the best in the world. But when he came over, it was it was it was a very strange uh, persona that he had. Yeah. The the thing about Lynn, though, is I he gives me big give a shit vibes. Like he really strikes me as yeah. one of those guys that if he gets on a contender, he's going to be ready to roll. Um, you know, think of like Randy Moss going from the Raiders to the Patriots. Now, yeah. obviously, he went from a lesser quarterback situation to a superior quarterback situation, and a superior coaching staff. But the minute he left New England, he was cooked again and he couldn't couldn't cut it in Tennessee. Um, I think about, you know, Zach Greinke um, or even Justin Verlander, both who were having good to OK years. Um, I guess Greinke was better than JV when they got him in 19, but still they got to the Astros. They looked really good. I mean, Justin Verlander's 2017 down the stretch is historic trade deadline acquisition stuff. Oh yeah. And it still haunts Yankee fans. I could, I could see Lance Lynch being that kind of guy and maybe adding to the haunt, the lore because the Yankees have a bad experience with Lynn, but Lynn's also going to eat innings. I mean, he looked really good. He had a start. I, I tuned in. Um, I don't know why I was watching a white Sox game, but I was. Uh, I think I just like their broadcasting booth, uh, Benetti in particular. Benetti's great. And uh, he looked pretty good. He eats innings. Um, he eats innings and he looked pretty good. And what I'm assuming he knew was an audition. So again, maybe he had more give a shit. Uh, Marcus Stroman is a name that really interests me. I just don't think that, I think the deal, the price might be too high. Um, same thing with Dylan Cease. I'd love to get Dylan Cease. Who wouldn't love to get Dylan Cease? Yeah. The White Sox have kind of said he's off limits. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to happen. Stroman though. Um, you know, he's, he's a, an interesting spot. He's still got some, some time left on that, uh, on that contract. I could see this being a, an opportunity where the Astros pounce and they do something like they did with Granky and JV, where they agreed to eat a little bit of the contract, share it with the team that they're taking him from in exchange for giving up lesser, uh, lesser prospects. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. And just for, for those who don't know, uh, Marcus Stroman does have one, existing year left on that contract after this year. Uh, but uh, the Cubs have uh, not been willing to discuss an extension with the team, um, which is why there's an assumption that the Cubs are going to move on from Stroman. And it really hasn't been confirmed yet, but because the Cubs aren't competing, um, there's an assumption that he's going to be moved. And the the second part of having that, that leftover time on his contract is that it's you're going to start running into overlapping with you know the bigger paydays that are kicking in for other guys. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's a ton of money on the books next year as of right now, but you are getting into the latter years of the Bregman contract, the latter years of the Altuve contract. You're getting into the second year, which is already a $20 million plus deal for um, Jose Abreu. You're getting into the second year of the Montero deal, which also hasn't aged well. So that's going to be tougher, I think, for the Astros. Um, but it is one year and you can make things work. And the Astros aren't exactly in any sort of luxury tax concerns. But that's that's another factor that's kind of adding adding difficulty to the Stroman deal on top of maybe not having the prospects to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And, and you touched upon one that I, I think, you know, over the years in, in which the Astros have been very competitive, obviously winning two titles, going to four World Series. Is that correct? Yes. They, yeah. 
and uh, every, every every ALCS since 2017. Yeah, but uh, Abreu's contract was one that I was surprised when they made it. Um, and I was surprised when it wasn't a one-year deal. Uh, and for those who don't know, uh, he signed a three-year, $58.5 million deal. Are there any options in that? I mean, can, can the Strohs get out of that? He's been pretty bad. No, it's uh, it's a done deal. It's there's no opt outs. He's he's on the books uh, for two more years after this one. And actually, there's, there is an actual an interesting Yankee uh, storyline uh, interwoven here. So you may or may not recall Rizzo was one of the first basemen to come off the free agent market. this Yes, year. He, Houston was in on Rizzo. Yes, they and were. By all accounts, as far as I could uh, recall, Houston was down to the wire with Rizzo um, and might have even bid him up to get the Yankees to close the deal with him. I, I think you're right. And he did share publicly that his intention was to resign. He ultimately did. Uh, he signed a two-year deal. Uh, but uh, he, he was looking around because there was not uh, – Yankees were thinking about uh, you know a variety of options. Uh, but ultimately, they, they wanted to bring back Rizzo uh, in hopes that uh, he would also uh, bring his friend Aaron Judge back to the Bronx. Um, so I, I know the, that was a big motivator also for the Yankees. Yeah, and and it kind of almost in a way it bit the Astros um, on both ends because I think the, I think the Astros were definitely interested in Rizzo. They needed a left-handed bat for that lineup to because it's just so righty heavy. So I think they were interested in in trying to get a left-handed bat, trying to replace Yuli Gurriel at first, and on top of that, trying to bid up their opponent. Right, make their go in and, and make sure their opponent can't get a guy, or if they do get him, they get him at a high value. The problem is they bid him because now they set the market. If Rizzo's getting two years. And, you know, 20 and change. Now, every other first baseman that's around his age, like Jose Abreu, like Josh Bell, is going to say, I want two years and around that that money. Right. Um, I, I also read reports, you know, Abreu was down to the wire with Cleveland and Cleveland ended up going with Josh Bell. And it sounds like what the Astros had to do to get Abreu to close was give him a third year. So the Abreu deal is essentially the same as the Rizzo deal. It's just one more year. And therein lies the problem. Abreu is older than Rizzo. Um, and his exit velo underlying metrics were already declining um, and losing a lot of his power. But Astros went all in thinking that they were adding a, a great power bat uh, that also could hit for average. Um, again, as I mentioned on the last podcast, he is actually ticking up. He's historically a very slow starter, and he has been good June through even coming back from the break. He had a he had a nice little series down in um, in Anaheim. So, uh, but it's got to pay off the life of the contract. Um, yeah. So we'll see. How's everything going with uh, with Jordan? I'm 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 seeing that he is at AAA doing a rehab stint right now. Yeah, so it got off to a rocky start. He was supposed to start AAA a week ago today, um, but he had a quote unquote illness. Um, he he ended up getting his hacks in earlier in the week. Looked good. I mean, I think he got a hit on his first at bat back. Um, as you can imagine, AAA pitching is not really going to be much of a factor for him. Right. It's just about getting his reps. Uh, he took a day off yesterday. I think, I don't know this. I don't think anyone has confirmed this. I think he's going to be back for the Texas series, which I believe starts next week uh, in Houston. That's going to be a big series. Houston's, you know, roughly four games back at Texas right now. That's going to be a big one. I think he'll be back for the Texas one. Altuve, as Brown, GM Dana Brown said, before the break is probably a week and a half to two weeks behind. Um, he has started taking BP, live BP, uh, on the field. He's traveling with the team. He's in Oakland right now. Um, I expect an, uh, a rehab start for him as well, either at uh, um, AAA or AA, just depending on where their schedules are at when he's ready to go. I don't think he'll be back for the Texas series. He might be back for the the New York series. So we'll see. Hey, you never know. If, if we get if we get Altuve and Judge back, I might. Oh, you'll to, love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to have to tell Anna, uh, you know what? I'm just not going to be here on the Thursday before the <laughs> wedding. I'm, I'm going out to the Bronx. 
Um, I am real. Well, everybody I'm, knows the, the Yankee fans will be ready. They'll be so excited. I mean, they can't stop talking about him even when he's not there. Oh my God. I, I will say that we, we were at uh, one of the games where in, in a lot of media were, were saying, Oh, it's just getting pointless. And I agree that uh, these chants in the bleachers would break out of fuck the Astros. Uh, but it turns out uh, it was all over the internet. Some guy lost a fantasy football bet and had to go sit in the bleacher creature section. It's section 203 uh, in the Bronx in an Altuve jersey and an Astros hat. Uh, and he just got eviscerated. I mean, I don't think that explains every other regular season game where they do it when they're, you know, up 14-2 against the Royals. But OK, eh, well, you know, I, I, I do agree. It's, it's, it's at this point, like. Just, just leave it alone, guys. You know, if the Astros are in town, great. If they're not, yeah, it's it's, it. it's, it's it. like wearing a Timberwolves jersey at an Astros game uh, when the Royals in town. So it's uh, it's S D E as they say, and it's big ex boyfriend energy. <laughs> yeah, for all the kids out there listening. But anyway, so transitioning off of that, let's talk uh, the second half. Um, you know, we're a couple series in, a little more than the week back from, or I guess exactly a week back from the All Star break. Um, we're going to look ahead and see where divisions are at. You know, the AL East is really competitive as it has been all year. Um, Yankees are in last now, but Baltimore has surged and is actually, uh, I think a game up. Yeah. Baltimore is a game up after an extra inning win last night. Uh, central, the twins, uh, still, uh, on top now, two game lead tigers are, uh, five out and Cleveland's two, uh, back of the twins. Uh, I mentioned a moment ago, the Rangers holding that four game lead on the Astros. The angels are sliding out of it uh, by, after dropping two games to a division opponent while um, Texas has been hot coming off the break. Uh, any division race uh, you're particularly keen on or somebody you're, you're not, you're not buying. Not, not buying is, is the central, uh, the AL central specifically. Um, you know, I'm indifferent on the twins or the guardians. I don't think either is going to be very competitive. The, the, the keen the keen division that I'm actually watching uh, is the NL central. And I'm really enjoying the fact the Reds are uh, are just flying high with a lot of their 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 young prospects. Um, we can touch upon the very fun fact uh, quickly uh, that they did bring up their prospect Christian Encarnacion Strand. Yes, Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, that if he did wear his full hyphenated last name on his back. Uh, would have been 27 characters, uh, an article from uh, Sarah Langs and Andrew Simon of the MLB Network. Uh, that would, uh, they wrote that it would set an MLB record uh, for most characters uh, on the back of a jersey. I would break the But he's group. not wearing it. He's not. He's just wearing Encarnacion. Uh, but fake it, news, it, fake news. It does, Come on. It does set the record, though, for longest name by characters in baseball history. Uh, the longest was previously 22, set by Simeon Woods Richardson, uh, not hyphenated, uh, for the 2022 Twins. Uh, and then there was a smattering of players with uh, with eight, with uh, 20 characters, uh, some of which were uh, names that we we recognize in the not so distant past. Christian Betancourt was a defensive whiz, uh, and Jared Saltalamakia, one of my favorite last Salty. names. But anyway, 
Well, yeah, let's actually take a step back. Let's talk. Uh, so the NL, the Braves are running away with the East. I think that's probably a lock. The Central, it's Brewers and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, obviously uh, a surprise team. They've really taken advantage of the the base pass and the bigger bases and the pitch clock and things like that. They're one of the more active teams on the bases. And they're pretty pretty young and fleet of foot, right? They've got a lot of these rookies up. Uh, Steer, we talked about in Canarsian Strand. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. Um, and then they've got a recent Rookie of the Year winner, Jonathan India, who's still pretty fleet of foot. Uh, the West, NL West, Dodgers, a slim two-game lead over Arizona uh, and San Francisco. Um, Arizona, the, a wild series with Atlanta, just took two of yes. three from the Braves. Um, and we, we talked about jockeying in the Angel and Astro game uh, back and forth. I mean, they had like a like 26-plus runs or something like that scored the, in their second game, and both teams just kept getting the lead, giving it back, getting the lead, giving it back, home runs all over the place. Uh, do you think, do you think maybe the Goldilock ball came back for just that game? Oh yeah, no, I do. Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah, it's baseball needs to get their shit together. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's, it's bizarre. I, I, that was just crazy. And the, and even the next day, uh, it was muggy. They were saying, uh, the, the game three of that series, it was muggy and it was hot ball was still jumping out of the joint. So I don't know about that. Um, you could, you know, look, Atlanta's got one of the best offenses in the league, right? Um, I think they're like leaps and bounds ahead of the next closest team for homers on the season. I, I'm really excited to see the Dodgers um, have a have a division race um, against the Diamondbacks, hopefully, and maybe even San Francisco. I don't know if San Francisco is going to hang for the division. I think they could win the wild card, but um, I'm excited to see them um, match up with Arizona down the stretch. That could be interesting. Um, the fish, the Marlins are starting to fade, uh, in the wild card race, two and eight in the last 10 out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know about the fish. What, what do you, who, who, who do you think is going to lock up the, uh, the wild card spots in the uh, NL? Uh, you know, I think this will be a tough one, you know, right now, uh, the, the, like you said, the diamondbacks and giants are jockeying for that first, first and second spot. Um, with the Marlins sliding, uh, you know, I, I do think the Phillies have a really good shot uh, at, at winning that last spot. Um, what I would really like to see, though, is, is you know, one of these teams like the Marlins, the Reds, uh, maybe the Pirates, but the Pirates have really fallen off. Um, you know, these teams that haven't really consistently been in the playoffs, I want to see some good young players in that wild card. Um and, and, and have an opportunity in the playoffs. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think giants are going to get one of the wild cards. I'm pretty confident. Um, I think Phillies, their, their experience, their postseason experience and their deep run, um, that's going to pay off for them and they're going to have some familiarity. I think they're going to get it. I'd love to see the fish, uh, sneak in as the six, um, Ma- mainly just, for the sanity of our fast. friend. Hank. I mean, let, yeah. let's be real. They're fading fast though. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't see them. I don't see them really going for it at the deadline. I see them doing half measures at best. Um, and so I just can't see them really leaning in hard and making the push they're going to need to make to stay uh, competitive and and hold on to that final spot. Um, but it should be, it sh- hopefully it'll be a good race and it won't just be about who's going to win the Central, who's going to win the West. Um, actually, on the AL side, I'm, I'm curious, are the Red Sox for real? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I, I asked my fiance Anna about this. She doesn't think so. Um, and her main thing is, is the, the lack of pitching they have other than Brian Bellow, who finally is getting a, a, a dedicated look, uh, as a young pitcher who looks like he's the real deal. Um, I mean, they need to get out from under this Chris sale contract. They gave it to him after the 2018 world series. 
um, and he's been just hurt consistently. Some of which have been uh, really freak. I remember last year we were my my college roommate and we were out at a bar when a, a comebacker right as he came off a shoulder injury, comebacker drilled him right in the hand and his finger was pointing in the wrong direction. Um, that was not cute um, and probably did not feel great. Um, I just don't see other than like Justin Turner, Raphael Devers, uh, and, uh, and Yoshida, their offense has been suspect as best suspect at best. Um, Verdugo has not performed well this season. I can honestly see them trying to move him because I don't see, uh, the, the Red Sox trying to resign him. So I, I, I think the Red Sox maybe will fall off. They've performed a little bit better than people expected. Uh, I just don't see them hanging around the wild card. I mean, they're on fire in July. And uh, you mentioned starting pitching performances, uh, Brian Bello. I'm Brian Bello. Uh, <laughs> him and James Paxton. Him and James Paxton are actually doing pretty good of late. They're, I mean, they're tearing the cover off the ball in July. Um, they are. It's, it's, something, it's something. I think they're leading all American League teams in average on base and slugging uh, over the month of July. I think they lead all of baseball and batting average over the month of July. And then they're second in on base and slugging too. I want to say the Braves in the month of July. So they're tearing the cover off the ball. I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit. Uh, Verdugo's not terrible. He's got a 112 OPS plus uh, he's, an he's, under 800 OPS. Yeah, but he's all right. He's not that, that'll play. I, I selfishly, I wish they would have fallen out a little bit more because I was hoping maybe there's a crazy way he might end up on the block and Houston would go get him needing a lefty power bat to help fill out the lineup and he can play the outfield. He can play it reasonably competent. Um, he's got some thump. So, and he also strikes me as well as a give a shit player, uh, also from Tucson. So I love that connection whenever I can find it. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, I think there's a real shot. I think they're going to give people a run. Um, I don't know if they're going to do enough, um, to, you know, knock out, Toronto or Houston for the last wild card spot. We'll see if they stay hot. Um, if anything, they might have played themselves into a position where they now can't sell guys like Paxton, who they probably should. They should probably cash out on Paxton while they still can. Right. So I, I think that's kind of unfortunate where they're at. They might get Trevor Story back. That'll be a boost for the offense from the right side. I mean, all their best hitters are lefties. Uh, Justin Turner, although to be fair, Justin Turner is enjoying a nice renaissance. Adam Duvall as well has been pretty good above average. And yeah, that was one that I didn't expect to, to see. Like, I, I was like, oh, they're, they're, they signed Adam Duvall. Like, that that feels like a wasted signing, and it's really worked out with Sox. Yeah, but uh, I mean, again, best of their hitters, Devers, Verdugo, Jaron Duran having a pretty good year, actually. Masataka Yoshida's hot as well. Duran and Yoshida are really carrying them in July um, as well. And uh, you know, so a lot of left-handed hitting that's doing pretty well. Um, and then they, they you know, get Trevor story back if he can reasonably hit. Now that's another righty bat to balance things out. Um, as you can tell, I've been digging into the Red Sox a lot. They are our Sunday night baseball game this week, which leads us into our plugs. I, uh, just posted earlier this morning, the first part of primetime preview, a team, uh, season and matchup, uh, kind of explanation of the Mets and the Red Sox who are the Sunday night game. Uh, boy, the Mets season is not going well. Um, and there's some good, some really interesting Pete Alonzo splits in there. And, uh, also it, next time you get a chance, look at Max Scherzer's home and road splits. They are alarming. Uh, and he will start on Saturday in Fenway. Um, thankfully for him, I think he's better against lefties than he is against righties. But anyway, that's my plug for primetime, uh, preview. 
You can find it on Substack, Sports by Storm. I also got the links posted on my Twitter, Sports by Storm on Twitter and Sports by Storm, all one word, on IG. That's great to hear. Uh, and look forward to uh, to reading that and also seeing the game on Sunday. Uh, over to my end, um, I took a break. Uh, I, I shared on Yankees Twitter that uh, after the Rocky series, I needed a little bit of a mental health break away from uh, how poorly the Yankees were playing. Then they got swept by Anaheim, and I was like, good God. But uh, I, I will be back uh, starting today on July 21st. Uh, I did stick to my plan, even though I didn't want to. Uh, luckily, with with the poor road trip, uh, I bought tickets for Sunday, uh, July twenty third. Uh, Going to see the Yankees against the Royals. Hopefully, uh, going for the sweep. Um, the Royals are in last place in the AL Central, uh, and then uh, I am also going on Tuesday against the Mets. I uh, don't know. I believe I'll be seeing Carlos Rodon on Tuesday. Uh, I'd have to check that. Uh, I am definitely seeing Severino. Uh, don't know who's pitching for Kansas City. I didn't look specifically. Um, but uh, I will be at both of those games. Uh, and on Sunday, I am definitely getting there early. Uh, it's only my third weekend game of the year, even though it's also my 18th game of the year. Uh, so I will be definitely getting in early to go to stands. Last question before we go. Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Aaron Judge are back, and it's Framber Valdez versus Garrett Cole on August 3rd. Are you going to go? Oh, I would really love to say that I This is recorded, so we can show it to your fiancé. Exactly. Yeah, so you know what? I'll be there. Sure. Why not? Um, As we Getting a divorce before you're even married. The wedding's off. There you go. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, I will. I will not be there on Thursday, uh, August third. I I can't wait to see pictures of you and our, our good friend Hank uh, at Yankee Stadium. Uh, but I hope you guys have a great time. Uh, also, hope the Yankees actually win a game against Houston. I, I doubt it, but yeah, we'll see. All hypothetical. Who knows where Jordan will be? Altuve. Whether what the pitching matchup is. I was joking with Hank. With our luck, we're gonna get like Brandon Belak and a Yankee bullpen day. For all I know. Well, exactly. Yeah, you'll get you'll get a bunch of. The Yankees bullpen has been horrendous as of late. Uh, so maybe you'll see a, a big offensive day uh, on, on that night. Um, and that, that does start a four-game set uh, on Thursday the 3rd, runs through the Sunday. Uh, for Yanks fans, there is a bobblehead giveaway that weekend. Uh, it's on my wedding day. Uh, it's Bucky Dent or Buck, Bucky F and mm-hmm. Dent, as the Red Sox lovingly know him. Um, they could send you one as a wedding gift. Well, I, I wish they would, uh, saying that I, I have bought a lot of apparel this year and it feels like a waste of money. <laughs> All righty. Well, that'll wrap up our third episode. Another one in the books. Please like, subscribe, rate us. You can find us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We're also available on the Sports by Storm Substack. Hope you enjoyed. Take care. Mm-hmm.